Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Uh, once more into the breach, my friend Patrick. <laughs> Hi, Patrick Jim. Patrick Laverty, along with Jim Gerhardt, uh, talking a little bit about some of the things going on. Oh, here's something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I noticed this story. Uh, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary. Yes. People. Announced that it is adding the word sheeple to its official dictionary. A combination of sheep and people, the term is used to describe people who are docile, compliant, and easily influenced. I used that for years, and we had a sound effect going for years with the sheeple. The sheeple. Yeah, yeah. and we'd come up with some outrage that uh, some public official or other, somebody in the blob, the establishment, or the establishment right. itself, some atrocity they committed on the taxpayers right and we rail about that and said in response the people of new jersey said that okay we got a story here patrick you of course uh uh, as a news uh executive here would know it more clearly than i but i I was struck by this story of a school teacher yes who was suspended from his job now Mm. this is one of the most egregious examples of well, almost in a bad word. <laughs> the, the, the scatological project, product of a bull, the produce. Uh, this got to be the dumbest thing ever. This is a teacher who was suspended. I don't know if he was fired or what happened later. I think just suspended at this point. I would okay. have to check on that, but I think just suspended at this point. No, he was teaching a class, uh, presumably in history or touching on history anywhere. Anyway, and he made the quote, and I cannot quote it exactly. I wasn't mm. there. But what, according to published reports, what he said was that uh, uh, in, in, in a context of talking about leadership yes. and, and character, and he made the remark that Hitler, although uh, a, a despicable person, mm-hmm. was a good leader. He got suspended. Right. Well, how can you deny that? What he said is true. I, I think, yeah, I, I think to look at it from certain prisms, uh, yes, the, the well, followers and the, the people who supported him felt that he was the right leader well, for their look, time. There yeah. is no other prism to look at it. Right. Germany, at the time he came into power in the early 30s, Germany, the German people were the most educated, the most sophisticated mm-hmm. people, resourceful people in the world, yeah. for all, all probability, most intelligent, best educated people. And yet he came along and turned them into some howling, vicious mob. Through his leadership, he led them into what followed. Yeah. How the hell can you say that he wasn't an effective leader? Right. Now, right. Here's, here's the thing that got me. It is a great lesson for kids because he did stress, according to published reports, Hitler was despicable, he was evil, he was depraved, and this was a horrible thing. The lesson is kids, boys and girls, just be damn sure who you let be your leader. <laughs> because right. because somebody can lead and is a good leader does not mean that he is a good person and yeah. that this is a positive move. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So how the how the how could you object to that? I, I, I see. There's so many things that you can't yeah. say. You can't think. Mm-hmm. Almost literally, you can't think now because I uh, uh, was looking for the story about the kid who got suspended from school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many of these stories. Kid, This was not in New Jersey this time. The kid who got suspended from school because as part of, a, of an art uh, project, yes. he had made 
One has been legendarily a hero's sort of battlefield type grave, uh-huh. uh, simulation of it. Okay. In which, remember, they would do that, and they would put the 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 rifle with the bayonet into the ground, put yeah. his helmet on it with the dog tags around it. Right, right, right. A person killed honorably in battle. Sure. Well, he got suspended for that. Mm. And so, and looking that up, uh, because I'd forgotten some of the details, I think I just went on Google about uh, pupils. <laughs> suspensions <laughs> right thousands of these things pop up we had we had uh, a story this very morning in our newscast about two kids who were suspended now think of how smart they were to to have done this and we're going through our own uh, cybersecurity issues here in this building right now but these two kids uh, go to Secaucus High School they're freshmen 14 years old and they had kids come up to the, I guess they were technical, uh, technologically savvy and they had kids come up to them and say, Hey, I've got a test coming up, but it's, uh, online because all of the curriculum is done through the computers. Now, can you, uh, fudge with the, uh, the online providers so that we don't have to take our test. And they actually were able to hack into the computer, uh, the school's computer system and shut down the wireless so that these kids huh. didn't have to take their tests. Huh. And they were criminally charged. Well, they should be. I think. No, <laughs> but no, I mean, the point is that that's something that 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 should get your attention, right? But you know, they had the knowledge and the wherewithal mm-hmm. to do it. Fellow students acknowledged, yeah, it was probably the wrong thing to do, but I'm impressed that they did it. <laughs> they were, you know, they were good at what their well objective was. Legendarily, these great computer hackers end up getting big paying jobs with computer companies. Right. <laughs> their security division. It, it, it reminds me of, um, do you remember um, the Al Campanis incident on Nightline? Al Campanis was the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers executive who went on, they were doing an anniversary show about Jackie Robinson uh-huh. breaking into the major leagues. And he went on and he said something about, um, you know, Black uh, ex-players not having the um, certain capacities to be executives in baseball, uh-huh. and he was fired the, the next day. Uh-huh. And the legend goes that he was then, the day after that, offered a position within the league office as their first ever uh, head of race relations and the commissioner at the time said, <laughs> we need a way to deal with the Al Campanises of the world. And luckily, I have someone on staff who's familiar with how they think. <laughs> who, who is? <laughs> right. No, right. no, the, the da-da. <laughs> right. Al exactly. Campanis. Right. Exactly. But I, and I, I was, what I was looking for was these stupid things. Yeah. And uh, the amazing, the things that came up, kids suspended from school. Mm-hmm. One child was caught saying grace at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh but my if you goodness! You want to look that up? Uh, how did we get this crazy? I know, I know. This nutty, and and there was a. Uh, here's where we're going. Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, yeah. uh, wrote a limerick that is so relevant, so germane to our time. He said there was a man from Hong Kong mm. who never did anything wrong. He lay on his back with his head in a sack and spoke not a word all day long. <laughs> That's the only way to survive <laughs> in here. It, it gets crazier and crazier. So uh, I, well, I, I, I could go on, <laughs> but, but I won't. But if you look this up, you'll see yeah. some of the damnedest things. Yeah. I mean, simple things like a, uh, and a Facebook often gets involved in this because I guess the kids are, are so deeply yeah. enmeshed in that. 
And uh, here was a kid who, and maybe others too, he was suspended for 10 days because he, there was a picture, somebody put up a picture of a, some kind of a weapon. Right. And he hit the like button. Right. And he's right. out of school for 10 days. Right. Just uh, because he liked an image that someone else yeah, posted. He yeah. didn't generate the image himself. Right. Oh, no, no. It had nothing to do with, with any sure. threat or any even imaginary sure. threat. Well, talking about threats, let's get back to New Jersey. There's a story yeah. now you'd be well aware of, Patrick, mm-hmm. the possibility of a, another increase in the gasoline tax in New Jersey. Yeah, we've been talking uh, about this, too. Now, lawmakers have been slow to uh, kind of admit that this is the road that we're going down. Uh, but there's a, another kind of issue here, rather than just the state gas tax. Uh, late last week, it came out that the federal gas tax could be raised. And that's, uh, I don't know what it is right now. I think it's the it's federal tax is 18 cents a gallon or something like that. And they were talking about possibly a, a 25 cent increase in that. So now you're talking instead of 18 cents, you're talking about mm-hmm. 43 extra cents per gallon. Uh, so that's, that's another layer to this um, other than just raising it at the state level. Well, it'll be very interesting, and I'm sure everybody's waiting for the other tax shoes to drop. Right. Because the the budget, $39 billion budget, I can remember, it seems like yesterday it was 32, and everybody yeah. was saying, oh, my God, you know, right. where, where's that coming right. from? Well, of course, kick the can down the road, which, mm-hmm. of course, will be done this time. But uh, somebody somehow this stuff has to be paid for. Oh, an interesting right. story, too. Mm-hmm. Uh the governor and the legislature had appropriated a certain amount of money for a fund for legal defense for illegal people in the country illegally. Correct. Yes. Now, the interesting thing was, instead of the people who are in the country illegally and their representatives saying, oh, thank you, that's nice, they're out there bitching and complaining and demanding more. More. That it wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a a service that New Jersey was in any way, shape, or form obligated to provide. Mm. The the legislature in in power decided to do so, and now it's exactly what you said. There's there's a little bit of greed on the the part of the people who are going to be the beneficiaries. Absolutely, absolutely. But on the other hand, is it not possible Mm. that under some laws, the state maybe have to do this because if you are a criminal mm. citizen or non in this right. country or you're here legally you get a public defender well absolutely and so is this not just providing public defenders but it's spreading it out so much with 20 million people in the country illegally right <laughs> right so. and and i think i think the reason that there is focus on it is there was specific mention made of the money and the resources that were being mm-hmm. uh, earmarked just for people in the country illegally. If it had mm-hmm. been, hey, we're going to increase, um, we're going to increase our funding for public defenders for everyone. Oh yes, and anyone who's here well, illegally will get a piece of that mm-hmm. too. I don't think people would be batting an eye at that. It's that it, there was this concentration specifically on that portion of the population. Uh-huh. Oh, great. I uh, you just wonder, how did we get here this quickly? <laughs> uh, the, yeah. The, it, it, it seems to be quick and slow moving at the same time. A lot of these things, I, I think, have just been developing for years and bubbling under the surface, mm-hmm. and now they're finally coming up. But then— uh, But this, there, there's so many just totally crackpot yeah. stories and things mm-hmm. going on. 
Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that these self-designated victim groups, mm-hmm. although not that large in population, you talk about tails wagging a dog, mm-hmm. uh, just through bullying. Right. And everybody backs down. Again, San Antonio in Texas, where the council had decided to not let Chick-fil-A open a, right. a, a store. Well, because because Chick-fil-A, apparently, according to them, uh, had not knuckled under this alphabet soup group, QP2X minus Y. Right, over the LGBTQ, pi, right. Uh, whatever, right. I can never remember it. Well, I had a brain injury. I, one, of, <laughs> one of the things I can't remember. Easy to explain away. Easy yeah. to explain away. I got an excuse. <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> but, but this is absurd because there is no indication, nobody ever said that this restaurant chain ever denied anybody's service, was right. anything other than courteous to people who went in there for it. Oh, my goodness. And yet it's the owner had somehow established the fact that they had what is accused to be Christian values, mm-hmm. and presumably one of their perceived Christian values or perceived by the group is that they may not, well, what should yeah. I say? I was about to use another bad expression, but may not knuckle under to them. Right. And, but right. so they, they just stomp across the land bullying everybody for, for absolutely no reason except we can do it and get away with oh, it. Oh, my, my goodness. And if you're talking about Chick-fil-A, and look, I, I really, I've had this conversation with, with many people in the past. I am able to, I think it's because I work in news, separate the um, political and social issues from the product, mm-hmm. you know. I will I will listen to Bruce Springsteen's music, although I don't necessarily agree with the things that he's said that are anti-cop. You know, I'll eat at Chick-fil-A, although I don't necessarily agree with uh, where the owner spends his money on, on other causes. Yeah. But, but a note about Chick-fil-A, you go to their restaurants and the, the servers there, and it's part of their training, they are the most courteous of of any mm-hmm. chain that you'll you'll ever encounter, um, you know when when you talk about that aspect, and also we had this going on in New Jersey. There was this whole flap with uh, Ryder oh, University, Ryder. yes, where the was it the president or the dean of students said, well the the students want one thing, um, but I am obligated to, uh, to protect the, the interest, right, yeah. right. So I'm just going to step down. I'm going to step away because I wash my hands of it. Uh, yeah. The Pontius Pilate defense. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, what else is going on in the great state of New Jersey? I was casting <laughs> about this morning. It's the usual usual kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I uh, Getting to something we talked about before, and I don't want to beat this to death, mm-hmm. and that, of course, is the upcoming sentencing of a person who used to work here. Mm-hmm. But... To me, it it is transcending the immediate circumstances and personalities into a question, a larger question of how effective is a large public relations campaign, very well organized and healed, how effective that is on the outcome of a legal matter. Well, Will see, there's there's that word effective again, and, and we talked about it at the top with uh, with Hitler, and mm-hmm. was he or was he not an, an effective leader? And and now you're going to have, you know, did this person get an effective legal defense to effectively shorten his <laughs> sentence? Well, I mean, it, it's obviously legal, right? And, and you you would you would think that a judge 
mm-hmm. will be experienced enough to right. understand what's going on here. Right. For example, the high uh, appeal by former Governor Chris Christie for leniency. Mm-hmm. When Chris Christie was the, uh, the the U.S. attorney in New Jersey, right. he prosecuted the heck out of people right. <laughs> who, who did far less. Yeah, the, the legendary gang of forty-four, the the Jersey Sting that sure. he prosecuted. There wasn't a person in the whole woodpile there who did anything as egregious as this person did, and yet he's right. asking for the leniency. Well, so, my my goodness, I would I would love to know what Charles Kushner thinks of Chris Christie's letter to Greg Carton. Yeah. Uh, he would not think very highly of it. <laughs> but I, I I came up with a new legal precept. Yeah. Now much legal uh, material is in Latin or comes from Latin. Mm-hmm. I am suggesting as a new legal term, diabolus face et ud facirem a. Okay. That says the devil made me do it. <laughs> uh, and, if, and, the, and they judge, oh, 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 well, of course. If well. That's but here we get cases <laughs> like this one, uh, I don't know that we have to get into the particulars anyway. Yeah. I think everybody, you know, in New Jersey certainly knows this because of the connection. Mm-hmm. Pulled out all the stops. Yeah. Uh, he's got every, he didn't pull the end card. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. But all, all of these things, but yeah. essentially, in addition to you go back to the childhood uh, abuse. Sure. But, but all these are kind of stock part and parcel of things that one trots out. Yeah, to prove, but all to prove that you are a victim. Mm-hmm. So no longer are you a perpetrator; you actually are a victim. Right. You're not only the victim of these terrible things in the past, but you're a victim of some numinous unseen power that gave you an affliction that you are, are addicted to. Right. And I, I, I think that's a dangerous road to go down, where we perpetuate this, and and in some cases it may be valid. But in some cases, I think it's totally uh, mythical and fabricated. This this idea, this idea that persistent victimization breeds, um, you know, breeds you to become a perpetrator. Well, how many many people with even worse backgrounds, exaggerated further, live very normal, productive lives? All the time. Never stole $5 million from anybody, even thought about it. Right. Which is where this thing all falls down. What will happen, it's very difficult to tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, you you get into a a very, uh, what I would think is a serious possibility of the judicial system losing a little bit of credibility and ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, if it turns out that this is uh, and it works, so uh, you know another thing. This is just this is a sideline. I don't, I don't mean this to be any sense accusatory, <laughs> yeah. but my understanding was that this person had lost, gotten these huge gambling debts. Yes, with sports betting. Does that sound right? Essentially, yes. sports betting. Yes, when it not was not legal, blackjack or something. Right. When it was not well. Oh, and, and when you play that, then you have to watch out, protect your kneecaps at all time. If you don't pay the money back, sure. you get pretty desperate. Right. But when he was here, he did a Saturday uh, piece in the Trentonian, the newspaper, mm. on uh, the upcoming professional football schedule. Right. And he wrote long pieces, analyses, and made his predictions of who was going to win the game. Right. 
He wasn't right very often, as I remember. <laughs> so I was thinking, that should have rung a bell yeah, in his head. Uh, and say, if, if I can't pick the winners here, it's not costing anybody anything. Well, and I, then, I would— Then how, why am I going down and plunking down money for— I, I would like to— um, I would like to go back and, and look at those columns and see what kind of scores he picked and if they were odd oh. scores and if they were within certain points of each other. If you ever listen to uh, the, hmm. the, the the very famous broadcaster uh, Al Michaels, who oh, did yeah, Monday sure, Night Football sure, for years, now he does Sundays on, on NBC, uh-huh. um, he's been involved in the sports gambling world, uh, you know, kind of as a... Um, and aside for years and and few people know about it but if you listen closely he will make these kind of muted references uh on the broadcast to the point spread which you're not supposed to do but he'll try to sneak it in there every once in a while uh and the other thing about the the victimization that that i was uh thinking about just just to get back to that um, we were saying, well, you should go ask, you know, this person uh, about this thing. Um, wonder if anybody ever asked, uh, Victor Hugo, the novelist, uh, what he thought, because, you know, if Jean Valjean <laughs> stole a loaf, a of, loaf bread of bread yeah. and then spent all these years saying, no, but I'm a victim because they're pursuing <laughs> me for this bread that I stole. Yeah. Uh, you know, where, where would we end up there? Well, uh, five million dollars would buy a whole lot of bread. <laughs> I think you have to worry about that. But but again, the implication and all the PR thing is that this is an exceptionally wonderful person. Right. Now I'm wondering why he didn't pull the Jim Baker or Jimmy Swaggart argument. It's right. tending in that way, which is that I was such a great powerful force for good in the world. Right. The devil couldn't take it. <laughs> and the devil had to single me out and bring me down. So it's not my fault. Diabolus facet et ud facere a. Yeah. The devil made me do it. Now, the judge would have to be a Flip Wilson fan to understand that. You, you know, I'm so happy to hear you. I, I, was, I am a Flip Wilson fan. I never got over the fact that Flip Wilson is no longer... Pro- this, Flip Wilson, to me, was the ultimate... Uh, what comedian? Oh, uh, he was just was brilliant. He was. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He had he had this uh, somehow this right off the bat. You were disarmed, <laughs> right? He right. told the funniest joke ever told. Yeah, and he did it on the Carson show. Okay. I'll tell you what. You got to look this up because yeah. I can't tell you the joke. Okay, uh, it was a Flip Wilson original. He wrote it, and to me, it's got to be the funniest joke ever written. I will look it up now. Look it up, Flip Wilson, and you you get Flip Wilson, and and it will have it. And it's called the, uh, oh, God, I think the baby. Okay. Have you ever heard the, the thing of the mother and the baby, the woman and the baby? Oh, possibly, possibly. I, I, I'm going to have to look at it to refresh it my memory. Yeah. Well, the point is it, it's a public con- a train and a, and a lady and her, her child are on the train. Right. And, and, but watch that. Yeah. And, and the way he delivered it is incredible. Yeah. Flip Wilson had a charm. Oh, absolutely. That was incredible. Yeah. He also used to hire on his show an old friend of mine named Ron Landry. There's a team called Hudson and Landry at the time. Okay. Ron was my roommate in school. No way. And okay. uh, so uh, I, I always appreciated <laughs> giving Ron a big break there. Oh, good. Okay, where were we? We're, we're, I forget where we were. <laughs> we were, uh, we were <laughs> talking about a, uh, a certain track. former uh, employee here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, again, to me, the interesting thing now yeah. uh, is – how effective this is going to be in influencing the judges 
opinion. Mm-hmm. It, now, judges are human. Judges are people. Sure. We. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the William Hurt uh, trial a few years ago in New York. William Hurt, the actor. Yeah. A very good actor. Yeah. You ever see Kiss of the Spider Woman? That is amazing acting oh, yeah. job he did. Anyway, he was involved as a defendant. I think it was a civil action of mm-hmm. some kind or other. The story of the time was that the judge, a lady judge, fell madly in love with the defendant and spent the trial sitting there with cow-eyed, you know, teenage uh, yeah. mooning over the defendant. Right. And there was a lot of complaints about that. The defense, <laughs> I mean, the uh, prosecution, I guess or whoever the other side was, had to keep waking the judge up and say, look, look we're, we're talking out here. Just quit. You know, you're, you're watching him. But uh, judges are human. And it'll be very interesting to see how effective this stuff is. The thing is, it is cliche. I've never seen it to this extent before. Yeah. And Bernie Madoff uh, had the cojones to never try something. Like well, Bernie yeah. manned up mm. and said, all right, I've done it. It's off. We go to Scotland Yard. So, right. Uh, but this is a different thing. Moving on. Oh, getting back to New Jersey. Thing. Sure. The cry for marijuana. Yes. <laughs> goes on. This and you get the point if, that if we do not somehow, and our elected representatives or the, or the town representatives who are opting out, mm-hmm. and people do not accept this, they're going to figure out some way to come around to your house and give you marijuana in an enema. Right? They're they're getting that uh, what vociferous about this thing? Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's going to it's going to come to you in an Amazon Prime package. It's going to be drone delivered to your door. Whether you it, do, you remember the story a couple of years ago about um, anyone who had uh, iTunes on their the Apple iTunes uh, application on their computer when they logged on, they had um, in their music library. This is where you store all your music. Um, they had an album, newly released album by U two in their music library. You two just put it on everyone's iTunes account, whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> when you logged in on this certain morning that it was released, there it was for free. You didn't ask for it, but there it was, there and they were going to ram it down your throat. <laughs> the other thing in New Jersey now, a texting crackdown again. Another right law enforcement is coming down with all fours on people texting, which they do every year. Right, they this do that is every part year. Of an I was amazed campaign. at the number of people they said that were ticketed last year. Yes. Because I see people constantly it, it, texting it seems, and, and, and using the, the handheld phone. People pay no attention to that, whatever. Yeah. It, you would like to believe that this is one of those silly acronyms that, that people make up and doesn't really mean anything. Um, but the, the acronym is FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out. <laughs> and if you're in your car mm. for an hour driving... That's an hour's worth of people posting pictures of their lunches and pets that you've missed. <laughs> and so, you know, how are you going to combat that? Yeah, you're at a stoplight or you're stuck in traffic. Yeah, let me pull out my phone. You know, I've, I've done it. I'll admit I've done it. Everyone I know has done it. But the problem is the people who can't differentiate between mm. looking at their phone at a stoplight and looking at their phone at 75 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a difference there. Not that I'm saying that one is right and the other is wrong, but you have to know that difference. Yeah, I saw a woman breeze by me. I, I say breeze. It wasn't like on an open highway. It was very fast for the, mm-hmm. the major town. And it came whizzing by uh, on the right. I think it was making a left turn at the time. She came just whizzing through the light. And here's a woman actually holding the text thing up like that. But in the back of this big SUV, there's a whole bunch of kids back there carrying on, fighting, right. you know, rolling around back right. there. 
So uh, if, if, what's going to happen here evolutionarily? Right. In a couple of generations, people are going to be born with long, pointy thumbs. Uh, <laughs> I totally it's, believe it's it. Responding, of course, to the challenge. Sure. The, day. the uh, okay, we had now the, uh, there was another Jersey. Oh, 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 oh. I, uh, this gets back to politics a little okay. bit. And uh, we just sort of jump around here. Yeah. But some of the, uh, the, the presidential campaign is on. Yes. Of course. Full swing. And I wanted to point out to something that our own indigenous candidate, mm-hmm. who has termed himself uh, as a far, or Spartacus. <laughs> you uh, were going to say something else. Well, uh, he, well, something else crossed my mind, but I, <laughs> I, I caught it at the last minute. Uh, this is Senator Booker. Yes. Who is doing, I think, a very, very dangerous thing mm-hmm. because he's boiling this down into racial separation and mm-hmm. division. And he appears, to me anyway, to be trying to arouse minority ill feeling up to revenge if you want to take it capitalize on that right now and so he's calling himself spartacus yes now spartacus because he was the leader of this it was a gladiator's rebellion what i want to mm-hmm. point out to him he is not correct he has the wrong man okay there. the uh, peasants revolt in russia during the time of uh, catherine the great right was led by a man named Yemelian Pugachev, sometimes called the Pugachev Rebellion. And if you want, you can look that up. Yeah. That was the peasants' revolt that he's talking about, the downtrodden. The, uh, the other, the, the Spartacus thing, yeah. he, was, he was like a rock star. Right. Uh, as the gladiators, the good gladiators were. Right. And right. so he was leading a revolt of, of the gladiators. But but this was not a common popular uprising where these poor benighted peasants out in the fields, you know, were. Yeah. Uh, Something tells me his his PR people must have gotten in his ear and said, you know, Pugachev doesn't quite sound as sexy as Spartacus. <laughs> well, there's yeah. been movies, Spartacus. Right. Who played that? Uh, oh, gosh, I don't. Oh, remember. for heaven's sakes, the Australian. Uh, well, I think a lot of people yeah. have played it over, yeah. over a period of time. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I did have Pugachev. Okay. Uh, there, there was a, a you, I forget what the movie was called. There, there was a very famous uh, novella by uh, uh, Pushkin, Alexander Pushkin, the great yeah. Russian author, on that. It was called The Captain's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Story. Mm-hmm. A, and so the movie was made. Van Heflin played Pugachev. Right. I remember that. If you remember Van Heflin. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful. Nobody remembers the people I do. <laughs> remember, I was born during the Hoover administration. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so, and this, I, that, that actually brings up brings up a point uh, that, that I was going to make earlier. You know, Herbert Hoover, I'm sure, very nice guy. Not a good leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of these. Right. Have, right. we had, have we had, I don't know that we've had a, a, a really evil leader in this country. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we're maybe in the process. I'm not talking about the incumbent now, but I think what's coming up, yeah. we may end up that with so, so much of this built on. Yeah, on I mean, I, I think even all these years later, the worst you could say about someone like Richard Nixon was that he was deceptive. I don't believe he oh, was I don't evil. Think he was evil. No, no. Uh, but again, some of the policies that he pursued and Lyndon mm. Johnson before him, mm. you could certainly put down as evil the war. Right. For example. Right. 
Right. On the other hand, with Lyndon Johnson, you balance the civil rights advantages sure. against the war. I, I think, in effect, the uh, the war certainly was more deadly. Yeah. yeah, you know, just just talking, and I, if you want, and and we're not talking about evil. But we're talking about apparently bad results. The right. George Bush administration, to me, mm-hmm. would probably go. And people would take issue with this, of course, but that would go down to me as the probably most destructive. George W. Bush. George W. Bush, yeah. or not his father, mm-hmm. but the George W. Bush, the most destructive eight years of administration yeah. uh, in our in our history, because of the terrible losses. Of uh, the war, right? Which arguably was not necessary in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, so, so much of what happened in that administration, um, I felt was reactionary to September 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if that response was entirely proportional. At 7-11, after 7-11, the United States had the world in its hands. Everybody, even former enemies, everybody felt positive about it and some sympathy for this country. Yeah. The the international relations, it was a beautiful picture. Yeah. All of a sudden, somebody decides that Saddam Hussein has some weapon of mass destruction. Right. Which anybody (laughs) should have known he didn't. Mm. I listened. I'd I'd been off on a trip up to North Jersey Mm -hmm. to to, a client lunch. And when uh, and it was broadcast when uh, Colin Powell, who was mm. the Secretary of State, yeah. was making a presentation to the United Nations justifying the invasion of Iraq, right? Based on these weapons of mass destruction, he didn't have a case, right? You could sit there; it was embarrassing listening to him trying to make a case for mm. it, but he had to do it. That was his job. That Secretary uh, of State. That whole incident was uh, brilliantly recapped uh, in the movie that came out last year, uh, Vice with Christian uh-huh. Bale playing Dick Cheney. Um, and it was all about, uh, you know, it was basically a, a biopic of Cheney, but uh, mm-hmm. when he ascended to the vice presidency, how he pulled a lot of the strings, I- I- including essentially strong-arming Colin Powell to getting in front of the United Nations, like you said, and, and mm-hmm. saying something that uh, he really couldn't back up. There's so much, uh, a, a, a great tragedy is the course of mass public media mm-hmm. uh, in which the people, the population, get their information right. not based on factual observation of events, right. but everybody's propagandizing. Yeah. And the feeling is that they have to do that because it gets audience. Yep. And if you don't get audience, you don't sell advertising. And right. if you don't sell advertising, you don't get money. Right. And the people doing this, dispensing this, instead of being journalists, are essentially actors who are trying to become big stars, yeah. which they do. Mm-hmm. You see, you refer to them now not as a, a journalist, but as a news star. Yes. That's the current term that's being used. But yeah. so much deception that people buy. Now, take, uh, what is her name, Occasional Cortez. Right, right, uh, from New York. This gaffe that she made, and I don't know all the details about it, is telling about how the Republicans back in the 40s or whenever had tried to stack the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out it was Roosevelt who was not a Republican. I think somebody should tell her. Right. That Franklin Roosevelt was not a Republican. In, in the in the they, entire it was the Democrats did it. 
And so here we get a person who has been given for some reason, which is totally beyond me, a lot of power, mm. uh, and who is almost illiterate yeah. historically in history. You have to know your facts. Just off the top of my head, I, I can tell you, not for one second in the entire decade of the 1940s was a Republican anywhere near the Oval Office. Yeah, Thomas Dewey got a sniff, <laughs> right. but only a sniff in 48. Right, Yeah. right. Did I ever tell you, I don't know how many people have done this, I'm sure mm. there's, I once saw in person, not terribly far away, mm. seven United States presidents pass and forward. Really? At the Eisenhower inauguration. Uh-huh. I was an 18-year-old twit just gone into the Navy. <laughs> okay. And I was stationed at that time at the Naval Gun Factory in Washington, and it was a walk down to the Capitol. Okay. So uh, they're going to inaugurate a president. Sure. So we got together, and we went down there. Sure. Got there early and stood. Now, they had the inauguration, all the ceremonies, on the steps of the uh, the Capitol building. Okay. Not down the road. The parade started there. Right. But it all originated there. And then the, the people, the notables, got in their designated vehicles and went down. Sure. We were there where they started. Okay. So here we come out, and I'm standing there. Here's the kid standing there, <laughs> like across the street. Because <laughs> at that time, <laughs> you didn't have huge, huge mobs for this sure. like they have on the— uh, by the link by, by the Washington Monument now, you see. Right. It, it was, it was rel- relatively modest. So here comes, first of all, Herbert Hoover. Right. And I remember he was a little man, Ellie, he's sitting up in a big carriage. He looked like a little pigeon sitting in there. <laughs> and uh, here is uh, Harry Truman, mm-hmm. who had become the president. Distinctly remember Lyndon Johnson, who was at that time a congressman, I guess, or maybe a senator from Texas. He'd be hard to miss. He was with a group of people in Texas outfits riding horses. <laughs> it, it was a parade, a great parade. Uh, yeah. And, and they were throwing quarters out, okay. which actually you could buy something with at that time, huh. the people in the crowd. And uh, then we had, oh, Kennedy. I remember Jack Kennedy, right? who was a young congressman. And this is a skinny little kid looking around. He's older than I am. What's he doing? He's got a swallowtail coat on marching in there. And then we had Gerald Ford. Right. Who was a later, these are people who later became president. Right. And uh, who else? I mean, there were, there were some others in the wood. Who, who? Uh, well, Nixon would have been there. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. Of course. Naturally, yeah. he was the vice president. He right. would have been right up in the, in the front of it there. Yeah. Richard Nixon. And uh, so I think the total count came up to about seven. Yeah. Uh, who were past or former presidents walking by at the time. So it's a rather interesting That's experience. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's great. So, and I also one time was stand, standing in New York. It's amazing what you see. Yeah. And just happened to bungle across the St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> and I decided I was going to cut across the street and I almost bumped into Bobby Kennedy. He was marching <laughs> in the parade. <laughs> so, oh, man. Oh, life, life. It's great. It's great. But, uh, you know, hang on to it while you can. Absolutely. If they don't take it away from you in the meantime. That's right. Pat, thanks. Thank as you. As always, enjoyed very much the conversation. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.